0: Hey, it's me. Your experience. Can we talk? I think we can do more. It's time we got that graduate degree from Elmhurst University.
1: With over 20 graduate degree and certificate programs, I can be your Elmhurst
0: experience. Affordable tuition, flexible classes, easy to get to. In fact, there's a virtual open house Tuesday, January 11th. Go to elmhurst.edu slash
2: choose Elmhurst. Your Elmhurst experience. I love it.
0: In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena.
2: Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there
0: is very compelling evidence that we uh, we m- may not be alone. This is the Garden of...
1: Lady Shore, welcome back to Sweet and Good Torah. We are blessed to be joined today by the infamous, famous Jeff Littman of the Garden of Doom. Is that right? Garden
0: of Doom podcast. That's right. You really make it sound famous when you say, is that right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for those and for those listeners of Garden of Doom, yeah, we are doing a crossover today. So we are on Lon Shore's YouTube channel, Sweet and Good Torah. Um, and we're doing Garna Doom also, and we have uh, another gentleman too, who Lon will introduce in, in a second. But yeah, we're, we're going to talk about some of the mystical and, you know, the th- things that we visit on the show time and time again the Nephilim, giants, floods, angels, demons, all that stuff. But both Lon and Moshe are much better uh, at, uh, you know, the, the, judaical religious um philosophies and and doctrine than i could possibly be so uh we're gonna we're we're we're, like you said we're blessed to have both of those gentlemen on uh on on this crossover so if you hear lon talking about his show or me talking about mine don't you're in the right place don't worry
1: Okay, so we also have uh, Moshe Cohn with us today, and it's going to be kind of like worlds colliding, or we're mixing matter, antimatter together. So we have Moshe as the neutron. He's keeping it all together. Hopefully, he's going to keep this thing from exploding. The world will be safe after we're done here. And uh, so, uh, Moshe, any uh, quick hellos, or I just want to dive uh, in?
2: It's, it's, it's very nice to be here. Um, i know nothing i know compared to the to uh to the people here i probably know very little but i'm here uh i i will say that i uh, i i've enjoyed the learning that i've done in, in, in uh, the realm that we're talking about and uh and i felt that i've felt that uh living um my life using the, the knowledge that i that i've gained uh, the little knowledge that i gained um, in this, uh, part of the, of, of Judaism, of Torah, um, has gained a lot and, and, and has helped me become what I, I would say a better person than I would have been. So, no, leave uh, no. right,
1: so, uh, so me and Jeff, we go way back to our college years, uh, freshman dorm at Emory University. And, uh, I guess we both, uh, held on to the love of the, the mystical stuff throughout the years, uh. Should we start with one of your favorites, the Nephilim? Should we dive right in? Or?
0: Sure. The funny thing is, it's true. I've known you since 1986, but I don't think I've seen you since 1990. So.
2: Yeah, I, uh. it's been a bit. It's been a bit. Yeah. It's to do.
3: <laughs> yeah, well. so, uh, so the Nephilim in, uh, in Lashon Akodesh in
1: Hebrew, the word Nephilim, it means like the fallen ones. So we learn we learn more about them in the Zohar Kodesh, in the Holy Zohar. It tells about these two angels, Azza and Azael. So it's interesting. So they were talking to Hashem, they were talking to the Infinite Creator, and they were getting really mad at watching the human beings, but down on planet Earth, and they're saying, "Oh, these guys are doing all kinds of errors. They're doing sin. You know, why would you create these guys?" And uh, and God, He says to them, He says, "It's not so easy. If you were in the physical world." you'll feel the temptation of all the physical desires. And he kind of like, he kicks them out of Shemaim, he kicks them out of heaven and he puts them, I guess, into some kind of physical body. And the Zohar says they come down to earth. And then the Torah says, right, they the uh, the Nephilim, which means the fallen ones, they have relations with, uh, they marry uh, human women and and they give birth to the giants.
0: That is great. So, so the Nephilim are actually the, you know, the angels who strayed. They're not the offspring because that's that's the big discrepancy I get. I get a lot of times that the angels are one thing and the Nephilim are the giants, and then others are that the Nephilim are actually the angels and their offspring are the giants, you know, sort of demi-Nephilim, if, if you will. And by the way, what you just said is is also my interpretation um but so i, I yeah. i'll say this though just to interrupt there
2: are so many different versions of of different uh or, or concepts that are brought out from this um you know if you look at just the, the plain simple meaning uh of the of the, of the wording <clears throat> rashi the uh, great commentator that's considered the greatest commentator in the torah um and he was written he was a you know about a thousand years ago or so uh said no it's actually just the the uh really the the fallen ones this is not at all anything like what what Lam just said which I, you know he's saying no it's just the 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 leaders of the of the of the world were having Relations with the commoners and the, and the, maybe the wives of commoners and and that and that created uh, you know this this crazy tumult of the of what was going on in the world at the time and then it really the feeling was uh, the giants were something completely else. Uh, Lon, do you want to talk about that? So where where are you getting that source from? You're, you're saying
1: it's ra- let me get my Rashi we'll okay, okay, so I mean. I mean, my understanding from the Zohar and other places is that, um, right, so first let's talk a little bit about, like, what is the malachim? Like, what actually is an angel and how are they different from human beings? So human beings in the physical world, we're made out of mainly elements from two components. We're mainly made from water elements and, and earth elements. So all, you know, if we look at the elements of the periodic table, we're, we're made from, you know, solids and liquids. Whereas the Malachim who live in Shemaim, who live in the heavenly sphere, they actually, Malachim are combinations of fire and water, which is impossible in the physical world. Sure. So so in the spiritual world, there's these higher spiritual beings that are some kind of combination of like um, water elements, you know, energy elements. I mean, they would look like some kind of like electrical plasma fire. Like it, it would kind of be out of our comprehension, but they can't, come into the physical world unless they're in a physical body. So us too, like we're a soul, like we're, an we're in a shama. We're we're a soul that's put into a physical body. So you need a physical body to be in the physical world. So my understanding is that Hashem created a physical body for these angels. Now these angels are also they're almost like spiritual robots. They don't have what we have called the Yatsahara, the evil impulse. We have an e we have a yetzahara and a of an evil impulse and a good impulse. And we choose between the two. So who we are is choosing between these two. You know, we have thoughts racing through our head. Sometimes we have good thoughts. Sometimes we have bad thoughts and who we are. But angels, Malachim, they don't have this. They completely are, you know, they serve the creator. They serve God. They don't have any of that, you know, uh, evil, you know, impulse or good impulse. They're just pure good in a sense that they just serve. They serve the creator. But when they came into a physical body, I think they were given that gates of heart and it like overwhelmed them. They weren't used to it. Like a person is used to like constantly having these physical desires and working when we work on overcoming it. And I think they, they quickly were overwhelmed having the desires in the physical. Now, my, my understanding that it wasn't a mock locus that the Nephilim gave birth to the giants. I mean, it's like I believe they're
2: called the B'nai Elohim. In the so in, it says in partial uh, gracious in Genesis chapter 6, okay. uh, verse 1, and it came to pass when man began to incre- began to increase upon the, the ground, and daughters were born to them, the sons of the judges, and they, Elohim, or Elohim, in this situation, the sons of the judges saw the daughters of man when they were good. So Rashi says the sons of the judges, the sons of the lords, and the, and the judges, alternatively, uh they were angelic lords. so he gives two different possible ways it says right. either the sons of the lords uh, or and and the judges and it says in, in that uh gracious says uh says in the midrash
3: that uh Elohim is up until this point was the son of god but it also is used in other ways all of them derived
2: from its basic meaning of authority uh, Rashi goes out to demonstrate in this vein, Rashi, in his first explanation, understands the word uh, here as lords or judges. According to Rashi's second explanation, Elohim is used in the sense of God. For scripture also uses the word to, to describe angels or messengers of God. So he says that these are people that uh, that could have been just the sons of the, of the lords and the, of the judges of, of earth or... Uh, Bnei Elohim means the the angel, angelic lords who go on a mission of the omnipresent. They too would mingle among them. So he, he gives two explanations, I guess. Yeah, it could I, be man or it could be angel. Well, I think, it,
1: well, I think it's in the sect of Hagiga. It gives like the different. I forgot which uh, Gemara Talmud it's in. It's. I, I think it gives like there's about ten classes of angels, and Bnei Elohim are one class of angel. I don't know, you guys. You guys are both lawyers. Do you know any judges that had any giant children? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 I really, I really feel safe to hear that this is something a little different. This was like angels in
2: physical bodies, and they gave birth to the giants. Like, but it's interesting because angels, like you said, yeah. I always understood angels to be non-free will beings, right? They're robots, as you say. They're just like animals. Uh, they don't have free will. They don't. The only being that has that ever has free will is a human being. The human being has both an angel soul, a uh, higher level uh, it's the soul that's in, in Shammai in heaven, and then the animal part of them as well. And that makes us be able to have free will. Angels are only the animals of the spiritual world, and animals here are the physical animals, and they're just computers. They're, they're pre-programmed.
0: You do something to them, they act. Well, these guys, yeah. they, they exercise a little free will when they saw the daughters of Adam, and they pleased them, and they're like, hmm,
2: right.
1: So what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. right, so, so the actual, so the actual Yatahara itself, the actual uh, the the angel that's in tr- in charge of evil or testing mankind is an angel itself, and it has three like very special roles. It's called the Samik Mem, So it works as the eight Sahara, it puts thoughts into people's heads, it tempts people. Then it works as the Satan, it works as the prosecutor. So in Rosh Hashanah, in the heavenly courts, it's prosecuting mankind, you know, trying to get a conviction. And then Chas if it gets the conviction, if someone's guilty on Rosh Hashanah and they get convicted, they don't get Kapara, they don't get atonement on Yom Kippur, it works as the Malachim the angel of death. So that's one very special angel. So since... The actual element of evil was a fellow like angel with themselves. I don't think they ever felt its effects when they were in heaven, and I think when they were put into a physical body, they were kind of overwhelmed with that new experience of being tempted to do evil. You know, I think it was overwhelming for them. Hmm. Whereas, like a person, you know, a subordinate.
0: well, how does that happen? Uh, I mean, listen, God's supposed to be perfect, and you know, his creations would be perfect. Uh, this would this would make the angels imperfect. The, the, they couldn't handle this. This is this is something that I mean. It's almost like the movie The Eternals, where the you know they didn't they didn't figure out that the deviants may uh, uh, you know s- stop eating dinosaurs and start eating people too. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, what, what, what happened here?
2: Any creation that's a good question. Is, that's a good question. You, any any cre- by God is created perfectly. So the question is, what does perfect mean? It's perfect for for what it's there to do. In this situation, if in fact these were two uh, Malachim, two angels that were uh, acting this way, it was for a purpose for mankind, for whatever that purpose would be, either to learn something um, or to gain something for mankind, to to, to move along the history of mankind, which has its ultimate end at at Mashiach, at at, uh, the end of days. So it doesn't have to be that the angels have to act perfectly. God created us and we don't act perfectly in any way. But the creation of man is perfect for what what we need. We need reward and punishment. The only way to get reward and punishment is to be able to have free will and therefore make mistakes. So it's it's you know to say God is absolutely perfect. There's no question there. The question is what what is there a, should these angels be perfect in order to gain what God wanted to gain from them. One.
1: Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with what Moshe is saying. I mean, I think if we look back to the beginning of Reish, the back, back to the beginning of Genesis. We see that Adam Harishon, Adam the first man, he was created to tend the garden. Like Hashem literally created a garden. He took like the, the best of the fruit trees and, you know, all the fruits and vegetables and put them into a garden like a garden designed by an infinite being, which is pretty incredible. And it means like the Gan Eden, it means the garden of delight, the garden of pleasure. And so we see our role, our job, is to take care of the world and to be like Hashem gives us this great ability to be his partner. He left He left creation slightly unfinished. He gave us a role to help bring it to completion. So that's a very powerful thing. So I think what I agree with what Moshe was saying. So Hashem created them lucky to do jobs in the heavens and occasionally they come down to earth and they do certain things down here but it, they weren't created to be in the role of mankind so when they were put in a role that they weren't created for it may have been overwhelming for them they were created perfectly for the job you know they were created for but it's like you know the classic fish out of water you take the fish out of the water and the fish can't survive but the fish is created perfectly to live in that ocean that water environment you know so I think they were out of their own I
0: think I understand what you're saying um, let, let's have a little bit of a more fun question. Okay. Well, maybe it's not more fun. Uh, or, or maybe it's the equal level of fun. But, so we have the Nephilim being described, or their offspring, uh, offspring being described as the great men of renown, the heroes of old. Now, they're with the daughters of Adam. Now, I understand that doesn't have to be literally the daughters of Adam, but we are on page six. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of begetting and begatting and all that. And I, I and, and I understand, but you know, if man number one was Adam, who are, who are these heroes of old? What's old? Who are the men of renown? Uh, you know, when, when were they achieving the, this renown as we're, you know, first populating, you know, a small corner of the land? Are
1: you the plastic in front of you or, uh, okay. So, um, so what what's the general the general question is who
2: I have to see the language of that uh, that verse. I think what he, what he's referring to might be what, is it the end of uh, Noah. Are, are we talking about still uh, Elohim, or are we talking about um, where it says that uh, I, oh, I, the tower?
0: Oh, we're way before that, but we're we're still. That, yeah, we're still uh, that that quote you were on. You I think chapter, chapter six. I mean, do the, chapter I do not, but your your verbiage was a little bit different, but it's similar. Wait, but I just to advance
1: the story a little more too. So some of the uh, the giants, some of the offspring, are very famous. So we know of you know when it says in the Torah, so there was a there was one giant named Og, and there was one giant named Sichon. And so they actually became kings of their own kingdom. Like, and so I think it's around modern day Jordan. There was there was a Og was like he was the king of this uh, kingdom called Bashan. And then I think right below him, like middle, you know, middle like Jordan was uh, Sihon's kingdom. So these giants had a great effect in the ancient world. I don't know if you're referring to the giants themselves, but you know, if you have like a 15 foot tall person or an 18 foot tall person. That's pretty, that's pretty intimidating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a, and, and especially in a warlike world, you know, in an ancient world of constant warfare, where, you know, physical strength is very powerful and very intimidating. So that could be a little bit of the question of like, you know, men are not. Na- now, there's also an idea of like, um, like Moshe brought out the Tower of Babel, uh, Tower of Babel, that uh, the people are trying to make a name for themselves. They were trying to fight against God. Like, so how, you know, how can man fight against an infinite being? It's kind of like a foolish idea, but people come up with all kinds of crazy ideas. But they were trying to make a name, like, of a god that, you know, they, they felt like would be more powerful.
0: Is the uh, the language of the angels or the, the, the language of Babel, is that, is that the language that people call Enochian? Ah, it, so, okay. You want to take that? or <laughs> well, Before the, the
2: Tower of Babel. Uh, Babel, everybody was speaking what's called Lashon HaKodesh, which is the, the Holy Tongue. Um, everybody spoke Hebrew, basically. Um, after the Tower of Babel, which is an amazing event um, to, to look at exactly what happened there. Uh, but there's 70 different languages that came from that. <clears throat> and everybody got dispersed through those languages, through those uses, and, and changed into different nations. And um, But before that, everybody was speaking Hebrew. The world was created using the the Hebrew alphabet, and that was what was
0: always considered the 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 language of the world. Well, Jeff Long, the author of my favorite book, The Descent, agrees with you. Because in his book, he decided that Aleph was the first letter.
2: yeah, going back really quickly on on the the men of renown, I am looking for it right now, but I can't I can't find. But there is a uh, an idea that the men of renown are the ones that are mentioned in in the uh, in Genesis, the the uh, the ones that were the the t- descendant that was actually named um, in the in the Torah as the person who was the progeny of the last generation and the ten generations from. From Adam to Noah, Noah. and and then from
0: Noah to Abraham to another ten generations, and those specific words, those names that were brought were the names of renown. Gotcha. All right, so all of the men of renown, the heroes of old, this was post Adam. None of it was before Adam. It was after Adam. It's just that with the beginning and the begatting, and the lifespans being so long, and people were they were able to be fertile, you know, same age, you know, whatever, 13, 14 years old. But until some of them, until they were, you know, several hundred years old, uh, people were spreading pretty quickly. So the heroes of old were post-Adam, but pre-Noah.
2: Right. Well, yeah. And and, and through Noah, Noah is definitely uh,
0: one of them. <laughs> well, that, that that's one of the stories is that Noah, you know, what was it? Lamech looked at his son and said, that's not mine. <laughs> I, I don't think that's exactly how they wrote it, but didn't he look at it and say, like, Noah didn't exactly look like a human?
2: Uh, I no, heard... I've never heard that one before. But...
0: <laughs> I've heard it in lots of places, but you know what? I mean, here's the thing, is that I speak to a lot of clergy in a lot of different areas, and, you know, in, in some religions, the Book of Enoch and the walk, the Watchers and all that, is doctrinal. Um, I always thought it was, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, I always thought that that was Jewish doctrine too, but it's not. Uh, you, you know, um, apparently it's it's not at all, though I guess it, it, it satisfies or serves some sort of uh, sourcing, some validation of, of the, the covenant, um, but it's not. Am I right about that, that the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Book of Enoch, the Watchers, all of that stuff that, that that is not actually part of Jewish doctrine.
1: Right. Yeah. So the Dead Sea Scrolls, I think they did have copies of some safers of the Torah. But then they had things that were outside of Torah. I mean, I, I think there's some theories that they were a, um, I mean they're definitely not like a normative Torah group. They some I think there's some theories that they were an early they were the they were the early Christian group. Like what's called I think the Essenes or I don't know how people pronounce it but they may have been the original Christians it's so they they were is I think they had like they were very into like the mikvah which would go with their baptism you know the Christianity uh, baptism but I, but it's, it's not it's that wasn't a standard that was a breakaway group that wasn't one of the standard uh you know Torah groups back then
0: right and uh I'm <clears> sorry <throat> and so we yeah the I don't. I, I find that story to be so much fun. the The whole book of Enoch and all that. It, it's.
1: Oh, so if you, want to talk, if you want to talk about Enoch, there's some interesting talk about men and angels. There's something very fascinating with, with him. So his sure. name, his name in Hebrew is actually Hanok, and it says it says in the Torah that he lived 365 years, and he walked like he walked with Hashem. He walked with God, and then Hashem just took him. God right. took him, and so he was one of those a couple men. And live such a holy life. They were actually like elevated to the status of an angel. Like he was actually elevated to a status of a Malach. And uh, so we have in the Zohar and the Midrash, we have like more stories of like Hanuk and like what angel he became and what his role is in heaven. So yeah, Hanuk is definitely a very interesting, uh, the book of Enoch
0: though is not, it's not, it's not an official part of the Torah. Like it's a outside, uh, you know, book of mysticism. But Enoch is absolutely in the in the lineage,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. So his name, right? His name, Hanuk is his name in Hebrew and Enoch. Yeah, and he was a very holy person, right? He he was definitely a son he, he a very righteous person in his day.
0: And what's he Noah's great great grandfather or something like that?
1: No, yeah. But, oh yeah, I think right. He was right. He was like,
2: what was he? uh. He was. Uh, let's see. Right after him was Methuselah. Uh, Methuselah,
0: right? The, the, the uh, longest living man. Right. Yeah. And he's he's Methuselah's uh, <laughs> dad.
3: Yeah. You know, he is Methuselah.
2: He is Methuselah. <laughs> Hanoch was, uh, was. Was. I guess the great grandfather of of uh, Noah. Of yeah. Noah. Um, I always wondered why he lived three hundred and sixty-five years of all, of all. Uh, there must be some reason. Yeah. That, that he lived the amount of years that of the the amount of days of the of the one year around the sun. It's got to be. A, no, is there, <laughs> no, i very No,
1: I forgot if Rashi said it or if it was in the Gemara, but they said that he um right he was perfect, but the world around him was becoming corrupt. And if he had and if he had lived longer, he would have been corrupted by the people around him. So Hashem took him then. I believe that's but, what but, Yeah, but it, but they're right. There's something very fascinating. Three hundred and sixty-five years. Exactly connected to the solar calendar, it's like one, like one lifetime, you know, you know, one year of life, one lifetime, you know, a perfect lifetime, and right. So he he was he was taken. He was a, so also another famous person that was uh like elevated to the status of an angel was uh, Elijah the prophet, like Eliyahu Hanabi. And then we we have uh, we have also in our tradition that the, the famous Kohen, Pinchas Phineas, I think in English. Right, that he he him and Eliyahu him and Elijah the same person he was also elevated right to the status of an angel so we see all this we're we going we're going in both ways we're going the Nephilim falling down <laughs> we got the Azza, and the Azza you know falling down that we got we got some human beings that are living such a holy life they're going the other way they're elevating themselves into like an angelic status which is interesting
0: right I love the description of, of the vehicles that take them up to heaven. It's very, uh, it's very spaceship
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you know, chariot of fire, right? So, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, were we doing for plasma fire? I mean, but I think we're doing it for more of a spiritual construct. There's also an idea from the Kabbalah that as you start to get out of our atmosphere, things become less completely physical and they start becoming more spiritual. So, like, even the moon is somewhat maybe spiritual compared to, like, the physical earth we live in. And as you start going to the planets, they become maybe almost more spiritual than physical. It's very, I don't know what that means practically, but uh, it's an interesting concept.
3: I'm I'm glad
0: you don't, because I certainly don't either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not even sure what it means metaphysically, that the the moons and planets are more spiritual. Um, All right, so we have, we talked about angels. What about demons? Do we have, Uh, does Judaism have demons?
1: The dark side of the forest. Yes. I mean, I'm going to go to the other side. Yeah, so let, so let me real quick, let me give a quick intro. So like to use like the Star Wars like analogy. So there there's a positive spiritual energy that we can draw into the world called like Tahara. Tahara and Kadusha, like pure, spir- pure, pure spiritual energy, holy spiritual energy. So learning Torah, doing the mitzvahs, we can pull this like positive energy into the world. And then unfortunately there's the other side there's the citra akra the other side the dark side and there's a negative spiritual energy called tuma so like the people that would practice like you know sorcery witchcraft they they're going to they go they actually they actually do the opposite of mitzvahs. they they're doing like avaras they're doing sins and and creating that negative spiritual energy and then and some and there's one branch of it where i think they try to summon like these shindalids, these demons, into the world because the demons can perform like magical like powers or illusions. I Haven't done it personally. It's אסור as- to do. You know, it's, it's a mitzvah not to practice this stuff. But uh, but there are those people that practice. You know, not I'm not. You know, there's magical groups. I'm not saying it's something the Torah says to do. There's other groups outside of you know, Judaism that practice this
0: stuff. Wait, what, what, what groups?
1: <laughs> I mean, a lot of if you look at a lot of the secret <clears throat> society groups like that, they they generally
0: are practicing magic. That's that's their whole the what society.
1: If you look at different secret societies, like the history of secret societies, generally mm-hmm. they're practicing magic.
0: Well, which you know, give me a give me a name of of one or two.
1: I don't know. You can pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, there was Aleister Crowley who was like a I think a famous sorcerer of the 20th century. I think it was Golden Dawn was was one of his groups. You know. I mean, you can look up a secret society sometimes, and
0: uh, you know, mm, magic. All right, do yeah. we have a do we have a devil? Is there is there a devil? And is I'll just say he, for lack of just to keep it simple, yeah. is he Satan?
2: There's no devil. There's there's Satan, which is we call Hasatan, which Lant uh, spoke earlier about. Uh, it's a Satan, which is a prosecutor uh, angel. Uh, you could also—he's also the also the uh which is the, the angel of death. He's the evil inclination, the, the desire to do evil that's put into man through that angel uh, to do to do bad, to do negative uh, things, to do the opposite of what you're supposed to do in order to give us free will. But there's no devil in the way that uh, uh, other religions would would say that there's this this uh, uh, competent. Uh, beast-like uh, God-like character that's that's opposite of the good God. God creates all good and bad things, all good and evil. Everything comes from God. And God created Hasatan, the, the, the Satan, as well to do his job. And he does his job just like any other angel would do. And without him, we would not be able to do the good and get the reward because we if we didn't have that free will we wouldn't have reward and punishment it would be pointless the creation would be pointless so he does his job he could almost say begrudgingly although he doesn't have the will to do anything other than what God wants him to do but if you look at the beginning of Job the, the chapter the, the book of Job you actually see him for what he is he it's in in the book of Job the beginning it talks about, he, he, there, there's this big tribunal, there's this big courtroom, and God's the judge, and he says, what's going on with my, with my servant Job? Why is he so good? And Satan, Satan, says, well, it's because you won't let me go after him. Let me go after him. You know, let me, <laughs> let me prove to you that he's not so good, because that's what his job is, right? So he says, okay, fine, do what you got to do. Prove to me that he's not as good as I think he is. And so. It's God talking to Satan Satan saying do this and Satan saying fine I'll do it or I can't do it because you won't let me. So it's clear that God is instructing Satan to do what he does. I, it's the ultimate proof of what that relationship between God and and Satan is. That it's not this constant you know, war between good and evil. It's just this is what God does. God needs, you, you need to have
0: the ability to have that free will concept so no so no devil um sort of demons not exactly uh with plenty of angels including the angel of death so that's pretty cool um what about heaven and hell we have to get a heaven and hell in, in judaism right. <laughs> uh, so, so real quick
1: back to the, the Satan. real quick just so i mean I think, I think the difference is, right, the Torah says, like, there's only one all-powerful infinite being. There's only one power, all-powerful infinite God. There's no other power. So, right, the satan in the Torah's perspective is just a servant. You know, but it's still, the role is to tempt mankind. So from our perspective, it's a pretty powerful force. You know, this constant battle against our own physical desires, it's a pretty powerful thing from our perspective. But we just don't put it on, you know, like the Torah doesn't put them on the same level. There's no equal battle of good and evil. And the only and the really the only purpose of evil is just a sparring partner, but the ultimate purpose is to get rid of it. Yeah, there no, there's there's demons. I mean, we see the effects of the demons in the physical world because things wear out. Like when you go to your closet and when your clothes is like unraveled, you you know, you don't know how that happened. It was like there was spiritual beings unraveling that thing or destroying things, making things older making things worn out. We see the slow physical destruction. Now, scientists may attribute it to time, but there's actually spiritual forces that have the destructive job too, to make things wear out in the the physical world. Things are fine there. There is a hell and there is a heaven, but there's an interesting distinction that I think Christianity kind of has, like you're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. Um, From our perspective, we have Olamazat, we have this world, And we have Olam Abba, the world to come. So really the goal is that we want to transform this world back into the Garden of Eden. We want to transform this world, the physical world, back into this spiritual paradise. That's the goal. Now, heaven and hell are kind of like almost like when the the, the shaman, when the soul leads the body, a person may need some purification of their soul, and they go down to Gehenna. There's seven levels. They go down there and the soul is purified it's it's, it's hell i mean it's, it's horrible suffering no one will ever want to go through that and then there's seven levels of heaven where the soul can wait until you know everything's fixed on this world so they're not the ultimate destinations they're 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 you know i don't know they're like transit stations of where the soul is you know if the soul has elevated itself in this world they can go to one of the, the heavenly you know realms to wait or has if the soul needs purification, they have to go to one of the, you know, the, the hell realms to, like, purify themselves. And I think it says, like, in different safers, there's, like, a very cold part of Gehenna and a very hot part of Gehenna. There's, there's both these punishments.
2: You know? And, and the, pur- the purpose is not just punishment. Boom, you're punished for the rest of eternity. It's not the purpose of this of this at all. That would not be a loving God who made that by any stretch uh, and the idea is that in this place you will regret what you did because the idea is bringing the spiritual, bringing the physical world back to its spiritual beginning in, in, in Ghanedin, the Garden of Eden the idea is not just punishment for the sake of punishment and reward for the sake of reward but rather this is the unfortunate reality if you do x then y happens so don't do x but if you do x re- realize it and stop and think and try not to do it again and and do do uh repentance but if you happen to not do repentance god forbid after doing such a thing you might when you die as it says in the uh in, in the beginning with uh, in in cain and abel it's, then, then the sin will be over. Your will, will crouch over your, uh, your, your the opening of your grave, uh, and uh, and and so it's there, and it'll be dealt with, unfortunately, in the worst possible way. So be a good person now while you have the chance, and and do repentance as you can, so that you don't have to worry about that in the future. And I have people just walking into my house, just one moment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's cool. Yeah, I mean. Not not
0: a
1: fun,
0: you know. Gehenna <clears throat> not a fun place, you know, not a, Yeah, <laughs> it's hell. It's hell, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's supposed to be fun. It's not a purpose, and that's the point. Yeah. So, end of days, or uh, okay. what, what? What is the end of days, and what what are, what are we looking for with the messiahs? Is the, is the seventh sign part of Judaism? Is is that something entirely different? You know what? 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 What should we all be looking for when we know that the Messiah is returning?
1: Right. So I mean, so a lot of signs are like we're, It seems like we're getting pretty close. It's. It's interesting. Like one of the, it says in a uh, the last Baraisa in Masekta Sota, it says, "What's the sign of the Ichvas de Meshika, the footsteps of the Messiah? What, what's it going to be like? It's interesting. It says one of the signs is actually inflation, and it's like, whoa, you know, that's uh, getting a little real." it talks about like a lot of families fighting with each other. Like, um, you know, like the, the, the daughter will stand up against the mother, the son will stand up against the father. And we see like there's a lack of respect for the younger generations to the older. There's not a respect for elders anymore. It's called the generation with the face of the dog, meaning like a dog walks in front of the master and is constantly looking back to see where to go. The dog's not, the dog looks like it's leading, but it's not. And some of the famous Mepharshim are like the leaders, are always looking back to see what the people want to do. And if you look at the politicians, they're always looking at the polls. Whatever the people want, they'll do. They're not really like coming off their own ideas and great leaders anymore, like in the past. It's like a generation with the face of the dog. They also say, like, the dog smiles on the outside. You know, people are nice to each other on the outside, but they're they're mean, you know, inside. You know, all kinds of these
2: conditions. Oh, should you have any other one? I mean, I can think of some more. Um, no, I, I will add that uh, interesting enough, uh, in, in Judaism. I, obviously so there's only one uh sorry wait. uh there's only one um uh w- w- coming <laughs> of the messiah uh and he has to come within the, the first 6000 years of uh, of creation and uh at, at current count we're at uh 50 what are we 57 yeah 57 uh, yeah 57 58 though so it has to be in the next 218 years or so, and, and they actually think that there might be a, a, a we might be off by hundred years or so. <laughs> I, think I, heard, I heard a really interesting, Rabbi, uh,
1: I think it's Pinchas uh, Winston, he had a book called The End of Days, and he actually said that there's these two periods. There's a period called the Tehiyas amazing the resurrection of the dead, and he said that period had to be 210 years like the 210 years we were slaves in Egypt, and he said there's going to be 40 years of gathering all the Jews back to Israel, just like the forty years we were in the desert. And the forty year period started in nineteen ninety, which is interesting, and it would ended, I think, twenty thirty. And by twenty thirty, if he's right, the 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 resurrection, the dead period has to start. So we are really in a like a seven year ballpark or something now. We're getting we're a seven, eight year old, seven, eight years or something. We're getting pretty close, if that's correct.
2: But at the end of the day, we really don't know. We don't if know one yeah. thing we do has to be within six thousand years. There's no that, that that's pretty much stated explicitly by all agree all agree to that, which it must be in the next two hundred uh, two hundred and eighteen years or so. Um, yeah. I heard
1: I mean I heard Rabbi Moshe Sternbach, who's like a great great grandson, I think, of the Vilna Gong, like in twenty fourteen he, he passed on a special secret teaching of the Vilna Gong. And he was saying that when the Russians go into Crimea, start to get ready. And when the Russians invade Constantinople or Istanbul, put on your Shabbos clothes and don't take them off because that's it. And another, another famous marker we have is it says in uh, the Gemara and the Talmud in uh, Yuma, which is on Yom Kippur, and it says it in uh, Masakta of Odah that there's gonna be this great war between Edom and Paras. We could be looking at this great war between America and Persia, Iran, and it does seem there's a lot of growing tension between America and Iran. So have, these are like some of the signs we were given. It seems like a lot of this tension, especially with Russia now on the Ukrainian border. So whatever is happening, there's a lot in the mix. There's definitely a lot going on in the world, and then COVID on top of you know that that's something like almost supernatural. You know, shutting down.
2: Yeah. The commentaries have been saying that uh, that that goat. And gog and the, the war of Gog and Magog.
3: Mega I don't know how do
2: they say it in English. Um is definitely Russia is definitely one of them. <laughs> so Russia <laughs> yeah. has a big big play play in this. And Russia is definitely getting uh you know, continues always it seems to always be a, a big leader in the in the in the war the, the world wars, so to speak. It's fascinating in the prophecy
1: of Ezekiel, um it says that The Gog is described as the prince of Meshech and Tuval, and Aram Aforshim say that Meshech is Moscow and Tuval is Turkey. It would be a a prince, a king ruling from Moscow to Turkey, and it's looking like Vladimir Putin at the moment that he could be the first of the Gogs. it would be interesting, and he would invade northern Israel and lose in like a miraculous fashion. Hmm. So I don't know, I mean, we could be getting close to some of this stuff.
0: That sounds sort of terrifying. So these are things that, we, that we're looking forward to because that means that something good is going to happen at the end.
1: I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, yay, war. No, it's not a great thing. I mean, it's like, but I think the, the thing that we're looking forward to is going to the peace, the world peace that's also, you know, that Hashem's promises and the prophecies that there's going to be these wars, which it's not going to be so great, but mankind finally getting along with each other. And and seeing a real peace in the world is really what we're hopeful for. That's like that's what we want to get to. And at the end of the day, also, literally, at the end of the day, <laughs>
2: part of the unintentional time. But at the end of the day, as long as somebody has um, as much trust and knowledge that God is is doing whatever is going on for good it doesn't really, it, all the stuff that's going out on around that person well, that can be completely terrifying and it seems very terrifying from, you know, what it says in Ezekiel and, and others. Um, if you believe, if you truly believe that it's not going to affect you, it's not going to terrorize you because you know. It's just the question is, how much do you really believe? And the more you believe, the, the less terrifying it'll be. And, and there's the possibility that it could happen through peaceful means is just seems unlikely these days. Hopefully,
1: I'm wrong. <laughs> through peaceful means. No, one of the great protections, the Gemara says, there's two great protections in these days. There's learning Torah and doing mitzvos, but there's also doing gamilas chasadim, doing kind acts for people, and really, like that's the fix. We see, we see the signs are like you know the people fighting with each other, families fighting with each other you know, inflation, so it's like everyone's trying to make so much profit off each other that everything's so expensive. But really the fix, how it all gets fixed, and maybe, I mean, I don't know if it's possible to you know, we avoid these great wars, but it's as simple as people just getting along with each other, people just being kind to each other. That's what God's really looking for. That's what it's been from the beginning is, you know, we've seen the Torah, the, the fighting generation after generation. But the fix is fighting against the Ya of our, fighting against our own physical desires and being kind to each other connecting with each other and we, and we have been giving these incredible tools like right here we're on this internet we can see each other you know in different locations we have a chance to talk and come to understanding and you know and, and pick people up and cheer people up and that's the great fix in the world you know
0: it's so even it's better for the three of us because we actually all live in the same city. But <laughs> with this, we never actually have to see each other. So this is great. <laughs>
2: oh <my gosh. laughs> Speaking of uh, of picking each other up, I'm going to stay on this. But I have to do carpool. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to go outside. I'm I, at one point I'm probably going to get off of my Wi-Fi. It's going to, it's going to be a little bit hard to talk to me for a brief moment, but I'm going to be uh, driving towards carpool. So I apologize now. i got to be safe." <laughs> yeah.
0: That, that's fine. Life happens. Um all right, so while he's going to do something very non-mystical like carpool, um is what is Jewish mysticism? Is there is there any Jewish mysticism?
1: ah, huh, yeah. So, right, it's, light, it's like what's called the light side of the force, you know, the whole, <laughs> you know, the, the Jedi, the Yehuda, you know, the, the, the Jews, you know, the, so, I mean, so the, the Torah has four different levels. There's the level of Peshat, which is like the basic literal meaning of a Torah, of a Torah verse. The next level we get into Midrashim, and it's called the level of remes, where it hints to the secrets and the mysticism. The next level is Drash where we expound all the laws, like all the halakha and, and you know, the mitzvahs and the laws out in Torah and the highest level is sowed, the secrets. That's the Kabbalah, you know, the Zohar, you know, the Sefer Yetzirah. We can go into Golem's a little bit if you want. So, oh, yeah. And so and so, the first letter of each of these four words makes the word pardes, which is related to the word paradise. It means the orchard. So The, the Torah is the Eitz Kayim. It's the tree of life. This is the essence of, you know, like connecting to this infinite being, the infinite source of life. So the highest levels, the mysticism, is what happens in the spiritual worlds when we do a mitzvah. Like what, what, what happens? We, we, come, um, we can unify these spiritual you know, entities in these spiritual worlds, these spiritual structures. We bring them together. And when we bring unity into the spiritual worlds, it projects down to the physical world. And that's when we get to world peace. So that's like the goal. The goal is like using the light side of the force. Let's keep that analogy. <laughs> like, doing the midst of, you know, so basically fighting against the eight Sahara, which would be like the dark side of the force, the Sif, you know, the, you know, evil wants to separate people, get people to fight, get people to hate each other, you know, hate, mm, hate leads to much suffering. You know, it's like well, there you go. So the goal, the goal, the mystical goal is to fight against the hate to bring the unity, you know, the pe- people, uh, you know, working together. Moshe, can you still talk? I'm afraid to ask you a question. I don't want to like throw you off if you're driving or let's see if we still have
0: him. Well, we'll he, he has his mute on. I, I can okay. see that. Um, okay. It, the, the Star Wars stuff is a little bit tough um, because yeah. they've done so many bad movies uh, yeah. since our youth. <laughs> but it, it's, just so, wow. it's, it's oh. just so sad. Um, yeah, so,
2: I wanted to bring up. I couldn't. Uh, I, I didn't realize I was on mute before. On uh, the the, um, the Nefesh Chayim, which is a, a, an amazing book that was written. Uh, it, was, it was by the the uh, Rabbi Chaim of Vilna, which is the, the greatest uh, student of the uh, Vilna Gaon who was mentioned before. Um, in the 1700s, um, maybe early 1800s. I'm not sure. Uh, he he talks about how when we when we do. Mitzvahs, when we do the commandments of the Torah, or God forbid, the opposite, we do uh, uh, sins uh, or or don't do the mitzvahs, um, we affect this world in a great way. So, uh, you know, he he talks about this as like a chain of of, uh, links to to different, to the seven different olamos, the worlds that were created. There are seven worlds. Uh, We're on the lowest level world. And each world, each world above us is, is more spiritual than the one before it. And each one is created, is, is uh, affected by our, our works in a way that kind of, if you look at a, at a, at a swing, let's say at, in a, uh, at a playground, you know, the kid on the bottom, when he, when he makes the effect on the bottom, the, the swing greatly moves. And on the very, very top, it moves just a, just very slightly. You can see it a little bit, um, and that's kind of how it works with us. We, uh, when we do whatever we do, it, it makes a huge difference in this world, makes a, a, a great difference in the one about the world above us, and it keeps on going all the way up. And the, the very top is God, where we, who does not get affected in any way, because He is the singular, simple God, one. Oneness um, that cannot be a, a changed in any way imperfect perfect, but he allows this to he allows us to be part of this world and, and the creation of this world and the and the movement of this world in
0: both positive and negative ways. Okay, Juan, did you want to add anything to that?
1: No, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's like. Um we're just repairing these like spiritual structures and then, you know, we're trying to bring unity to this world. And, um, so a person, if a person really refines themselves. So if you want to talk briefly about the golem, or, you know, so a, a, per- a person can become so great so they can work on what's called their mitos. Like it's basically, um, you know, a person, you know, doesn't, you know, works on not getting angry. Like we all get annoyed. We all get annoyed by stuff. And, uh, you know, most of average, you know, we're average, you know, we're like, we get annoyed you know someone does something we don't like sure. our general reaction is to get upset but there's mm-hmm. some people that have such a great level they refine themselves so much they act in almost a supernatural manner people do things to them say insulting things they don't care people praise them they don't care they have this level of like you know like a, you know the zen master the yoda you know they they reach a, a refined spiritual state and then they're doing only mitzvahs so there's such a holy level they can have a huge effect. When we talk about being a partner with God, a partner with Hashem. So Hashem gives them an amazing role in this world. It even lets them like partake in like supernatural events. So like a Moshe Rabbeinu, a Moses, Moses simply like he raises his, his staff. And by the way, that staff, I believe it was like it was sapphire and gold and jewels. It's always portrayed as something like old gnarly like piece of wood. This very special staff that had like names of God on it and had like the, the first letter of all the plagues. I'm very holy. It was the scepter that was also possessed by like King David and King Solomon. Uh,
0: so it was and, not like a Gandalf staff. It, was it
1: wasn't a, a Gandalf. It wasn't just a stick, you know. But also, also while we're on the subject, the, the Ten Commandments were these beautiful uh, rectangle, rectangle sapphires. They're always like this old stone, you know, it's like someone like chiseled a couple letters. <laughs> So, I mean, these things were really miraculous. But, like, you know, he, Hashem lets, you know, we're, we're starting now the parshas of, uh, you know, the plagues in Egypt. And uh, he let Moses and Aaron take part in these supernatural events. Like, if a person reaches this great spiritual stature, they can have, like, a great effect on the world. They can have a great positive, almost supernatural effect on the world. Hashem makes them a partner in this. So, like, there was Rabbi Yehuda Lo, the Maharal of Prague. And uh, and it's rumored and it's probably true, but he used a book called Sefer Yitzira, which is like a book about the secret of, of Genesis, the secret of Misa Bereshis, and it said that using that book, if someone's at a refined spiritual level, this is not not easy. Like I've read the book, you know, a lot of times I'm nowhere near making a golem. <laughs> you know, it's very difficult. Well, don't give up. But, don't, yeah. <laughs> But, but I'm saying, but he saw that the Jewish people were in trouble by these angry, you know, like Gentile mobs. And he created this, he created this life form. He created some kind of life form to defend the Jewish people. That's that's the legend. You know, that's the,
2: hmm.
1: So there, there's very mystical stuff people can do in this world, but it takes a lot of work. It's really refining ourselves and it's not, you know.
0: So if fun. I was making like Golems, like first of all, <laughs> it would be plural. And I would obviously become a crime lord. I mean, you know.
1: So you would have a golem army. You would have
0: a golem army. And... Yeah. And I would use them for self-enrichment and, and 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 general evil. Yes.
1: Right. So, yeah. So that's why she made it a little difficult to do some of these
0: things. <laughs> that's right. So so one of those angels might have to come down and smite me or something.
1: Oh, boy. Hopefully not.
0: Hopefully not. <laughs> I, well, that's probably a pretty good way to go. I mean, you know, I, I imagine the angel of death is pretty efficient. That What's that? oh <laughs> A story for you don't
1: want to get run over by the chariot of fire.
0: You don't. Know? <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> my my grandfather died of cancer. My grandfather had a heart attack. My grandfather died of old age. My grandfather got smite by the angel of death. Of a fire sword decapitated him.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
0: yeah that 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 Do you wins. The
2: right? new
0: meaning. <laughs> all new meaning. Whole new meeting to
2: Graham, I got ran over by a reindeer. It wasn't a reindeer,
0: reindeer for the Chariot of Fire. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, definitely a different kind of thing. But hey, flying reindeer, you know, not
1: Then, then at least you may get the Vangelis music you know, playing in the background
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's no we you know the Chariots of Fire music, right? Chariots of Fire. Yeah, I've got I've got to figure out what song I'm gonna use for the outro on this one. And I've got to come up with the, the title. I I think maybe I'm going to use Garden of Delights.
2: Ooh, Garden of Delights. I like it. Transforming.
0: You Transform, know like what? Uh, I mean, in
2: the Garden of Delights.
0: In the Garden of the Delights. In the Garden of the You know, I would, except it's 17 minutes long, and you know, that, that, that's, that's a little bit much for an, for an outro. But you yeah, know, I, I I love that song. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I actually like the. Uh, what is it nas hip hop was dead who played to use that also in, in his song uh use the de divisa stuff so yeah that's fun stuff I know you guys are down with the rap me too it's like uh it's like a twenty year old song but and, and somehow I think I'm hip um, <laughs> that's, the, that's
1: the illusion of middle age
0: yeah. yeah exactly yeah middle age like I'm gonna be hundred and six
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so what what else do we have in terms of like mysticism and magic and and scary or fun stuff that, that that's there that nobody normally associates with you know Judaism? Let we'll move off of the bagels and you know and, and, and reincarnation, reincarnation. The, yeah, re, okay. Well, reincarnation—that's good. I I didn't know we even you know had that in in Judaism. Yeah,
2: yeah. We have Gilgul. That's what it's called. Uh. You know, it's, it's when uh, every it's it, it, it's interesting. It's not just a that a soul then just comes right back, and it's another. It's the exact same soul. It's kind of more like um, a, a fire from a candle that has another fire, uh, another wick, and and the wick gets uh, lit by that fire. The fire is still there, but now there's a wick that comes from it and uh, gets reborn in, into the world in order to do. What wasn't done in the in the first place. That that uh that the sham that, that soul has um pulled it for one moment. Yeah. Please find me. Put your phone there. Okay, thank you. My uh secu- the security at my my son's school told me to put my phone down. I, I heard <laughs>
0: that. sounded <laughs> like a robot. Wow.
2: Yeah, you have to have a Google. No, uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, there's the, the, the soul needs to come back in order to be able to uh, uh, to do what was not done by that soul in order to have a, what's called a tikkun, uh, which is a correction um, in this in this world that that uh, that was missing. And uh, hopefully nobody needs it, but if, 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 you know, people do need it at points, and and so they need to come back, um, and uh, and that's what that that's for.
0: The Gollum, does he look more like the Sandman or more like the Thing?
2: <laughs> it probably looks more like clay. Is my guess like Or Cl- dirt? Yeah, I mean, I would I would
0: vote for Ben Grimm, the Thing. You know, I mean, you know, he was Jewish, by the way, Ben Grimm. I did not eventually. know that.
1: Yeah, the, he was the Jewish member of the Fantastic Four.
0: I mean, I know that Jack Kirby was that. Well, so was Stan Lee.
1: Yeah, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, yeah, Aunt Petunia, sweet Aunt Petunia. She was, she they lived in Brooklyn. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> the, actually, pretty much all, uh, you know, so is uh, the creators of Superman. I mean, pretty pretty much all of the. Even yeah, Bob Kane, a Batman creator, was also Jewish. it not Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, anyway, back to back to resurrection of the dead and, and Gilgulim re- reincarnations. Um, uh, so it says in a sect of Tainus that Hashem keeps three keys. He's created angels that he's assigned to be in charge of certain things, but there's three special keys that he keeps. He keeps the key of rain, which is like, you know, everything that's growing in the world and people's like parnas their salary. He keeps the key of a uh, childbirth, like exactly to determine, you know, when the child's going to be born. And he keeps the key of the Fiasa Macy, resurrection of the dead. So it's interesting. So at times he's given the power over to human beings. So we see in the Torah, like Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah, the prophet, brought someone back to life. I think he, the boy he brought back to life became uh, Jonah, Jonah and the whale, the prophet Yonah. And then Elisha, his student, brought two people back to life. And I think one of the uh, people he brought back to life is the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And... Um, we even see in the Gemara, we see in the age of the Tanayim, the great Torah scholars in the age of like the, the late Greek empire, the early Roman empire, they, they brought people back to life. They, they, I mean, they, they, they sometimes Hashem gave this power over to, to bring someone back to life. And then in reincarnation, there's a whole book written about it by uh, the Arizal, uh, Rabbi Isaac uh, Luria, he wrote a book called Save Sha'ar Giguli, the gate of uh, like reincarnation and talks all about different famous people in the Torah. They, they live different lives. A person can leave, live, I think about like three lives or so. Um, you know, they, it, a person right their mission in the world is they have to keep completing things. They keep coming back. And I think a person can even be um, reincarnated into like an animal or, or like a mineral, like, I mean, even it's, water. Yeah. Man, even yeah. Yeah. If they had like very little, yeah, very little to do in this world. It's just like you know, it's very very mystical, very interesting. Uh it's a whole, the, uh, you know, a whole topic
2: in itself about you know talking about this stuff. One interesting thing, it says Adam, the, the first man, it's uh, is, is uh, his name is the initials of the three people he will he, he will be reincarnated to become. Adam is the first one. And then the Alad the, the, the of of the word the D of this word is David David Amela. And the, and then the M is uh is Moshiach.
0: So Adam Harishon will become Adam, David, and Mashiach. Oh. You think that's an accident or that was on purpose?
2: No, it's on purpose. That's what they say. Okay. That's, because the initials was in.
0: that's what they that's what they say. Who's they?
2: They, the, the, comment, the great commenta- commentaries, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if that's it, what the
0: exact source of that. I'm sure it's a midrash somewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Also in the Zohar. Okay. So a couple times uh, you you guys have made reference to a couple different books, and I am sure that most of Lan's viewers know what all of these books are, but I am sure that none of my listeners and mm-hmm. also my host doesn't know what all these books are. So what is the Gomorrah? What is the Zohar? What 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 is the Midrash? What what are what are these books that you're you know? Who's this Rafi that that we've heard a couple times? Rashi, Rashi, <laughs> good. Uh, good question. So um, so the Torah right was given in the
1: written component, which is like the Torah scroll you're probably familiar with. You know, sure. From Bar Mitzvah days. Um, So then the oral law, the Torah was meant to be like told, you know, to student, to teacher, parent, you know, parent to son. Um, So it had to be written down during the days of the Roman Empire because the Romans were just going around killing all the great Torah scholars. So they wrote it down first in a very like shorthand, like paragraph form called the Mishnah. And then it was further explained in the Gemara or Talmud. You know, so th- that's like the written, I mean, that's the oral component of this Torah. So it's the explanation of the written Torah. So I'll give you a great example. Like, for instance, like an eye for an eye, what it really means, like we learn in, uh, I think it's Bava, uh, Bava Kam or Baba Matsya, that it means there's just five kinds of damages a person's paid. If someone injures someone else's eye, they're actually paid for pain and suffering. They're paid for their medical expenses. They're, you know, they're paid for the you know loss of work. They're paid for embarrassment. So some of these modern legal concepts actually come from the Torah, but it's not always so well known that this is from the oral Torah. You know, this, these concepts are from the oral Torah. So right, the Mishnah and the Gemara, the oral Torah, and then the Midrashim. The Midrash is a lot of stories that we also received at Mount Sinai, and they have like deeper mystical meanings. They they give us more information about you know the stories in the Torah. And then I, what what was the other books you were mentioning? I, don't know, I forget.
0: The Zohar,
1: oh the Zohar. So that right, the Zohar is a book of Kabbalah that was written by, uh, it was written down by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That and that's a whole fascinating story. Like him and his son Elazar, they the one, they had to run away from the Romans. They lived in a cave for I think about thirteen years, and they were actually visited by Eliyahu the Elijah the prophet. And They were taught these deep mystical secrets of the Torah, and then he was allowed to write it down in this book called the Zohar. So it's one of the main books of Kabbalah. And Sefer Yetzirah, the legend is, or our tradition is that um, it may have been written by Adam. It may have actually been written by the first man. And if not, it was transmitted through Adam. and it was written down by Abraham, actually. So it's a very old book. It's one of the oldest books we have. And it's the secret of creation. It's the secret of... Uh, so, right, so the sons of Jacob, it, it said uh, in some of the Midrash that they created, like they could create these calves. Like they could create animals using you know, the wisdom in that book, Safer at It's a so it's a very it's translated in English like by Rabbi Arya Kaplan. You can find here I can show you real quick. I can go grab it off the shelf.
0: Sure. And
1: that's and that teaches you how to make a golem if you're interested.
0: Sure. In in, in the meantime I'll ask um what, what's what's the deal with uh Lilith? Oh a few people
2: actually talk to um it's it's a midrash. Uh, it's there's this interesting. If you really look at the the, the words of uh, of Genesis, the beginning of uh, of the creation of man, it's kind of almost two different uh, stories of how, how how woman was created. Um, and there, the midrash basically says, well, actually, Eve was got was Adam's second wife. Adam's first wife was L- Lilith. And um, she ended up wanting to be too much, have too much of the role of man and didn't get the idea that there's this difference between men and women. And she had a bad temper. And so what she did was she, she uh, in the middle of an argument with, with with Adam, she cursed with using God's name. She cursed God. And she immediately flew away and became um, the mother of the demons, of the Shaden. Um, And so that's who she is. There's not really much, I mean, there's, there's, I don't know much more than that, but that's the idea uh, behind her.
0: Well, that's a lot. (laughs) So 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 he had a, a he had a mean first wife, um, very mean first wife, <laughs> who, who who actually seemed to be actually very seems very modern. Actually, you know that. Well, this idea is
2: really this is like the Lilith Fair. These, I, these modern feminist um, uh, ideas they go. Oh, this is like you know we're Lilith. You know, like it's it's almost like oh look you know we're, we're postmodern feminists. And therefore we're gonna use this term. It's not a good term. It's not really yeah. a good person. Not a great, not a great Roma.
1: <laughs> not a, It's Not a good well, role.
0: well she flew she knew how to fly. You know, she she, well, you know, she was able example.
1: to fly. You know, and so this, this is Safery at Sera by Rabbi Ari Kaplan. It's a translation into English. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes you can even find these at uh, Barnes and Noble stores like that. You go to Jewish bookstore, Amazon, but this is it. This is this teaches you how to make the golem. Not so easy, but uh, you know, if you want to get going on your army, you gotta.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just need the right motivation.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's the trick.
0: <laughs> that's right. So it became the mother of monsters, or the mother of all of the the demons. So uh, Yeah, the mother of demons. I don't know. you say saying not a good role model. I'm thinking that's that's not pretty good pretty accomplished. So so is she still out there? Is she still out there somewhere?
1: She's still out there. Yeah, she's still out.
0: There. Yeah. Oh, this is great. We we should be looking for her. <laughs>
1: Have fun. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you're on your own with that
0: one. <laughs> okay. Fine. Man. I don't, I, I don't get it. I, I think she would be very useful, especially, you know, in defending Istanbul or whatever. <laughs> Al, along with the golems. I mean, you, yeah. need, you need different phases.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah we go through their, you know, mother demons phase, you know, like golem phase.
0: <laughs> All right. So is, is there a lost tribe of Israel?
2: Could be Here's ten. A, could
0: be ten. ten. of them, yeah. Ten lost? So now now weren't there twelve tribes?
2: Right, there's twelve tribes of Israel. Uh Yehuda, Judah, and Benjamin Benjamin, um, and half of the tribe of, of Levi, Levi, um are 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 here, are known as the Jews. Um most of them, other than the, the tribe of Levi, really, nobody knows really if they're Yehuda, Judah, or, or Benjamin. Uh, the, the Levi, there's a tradition um, of who the Levites are. Uh, um, and uh, I'm one of them. Uh, I'm a Kohan, which is a, a priest. Um, and we have a very good tradition on those. The other 10 tribes were uh, were taken away by Samcheiru. I don't know how you say that in, in, in English. Sam, Dan, I don't even know how you say it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, my, it from the, the tribe, the the, the country of Assur, uh, Assyria, uh, took them away and enslaved them, and then moved them to wherever they are. And they they got scattered, and they and they, get, and they got lost. And we're still hope, hopeful to be able to meet up with them at some point. But uh, the, the prophecy is that they'll they'll, they'll be comes, then they'll be, they'll be known who they are. There are people walking around right now. They don't even know that they're, that they're the, 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 you know, B'nai Israel. They don't know that they're children of Israel, but they will be found out, and then they'll
0: be, uh, they'll come back. They're our brothers. All right. Do we have any idea where they might be? Right, so they could be. It's possible they just, like,
1: are assimilated into other nations. Like, for instance, like, there's Jews from Ethiopia. So, they may have been from one of the lost tribes, and then they slowly started re you know, attaching themselves to the Jewish people. They had Jewish traditions in Ethiopia. I think there's a, there is maybe a possibility that the tribe of Manasseh, one of the sons of Joseph, is, is living in India. So, there could be they just got very assimilated into nations. There's also a more mystical thing that they were actually like taken to this like mystical land. And there's like this river called the Sambat Yon River, which is this river that's like very like a violent river with like rapids and rocks shooting everywhere. And then only on Shabbat, only on Shabbos does it calm down and it's tranquil, but you can't cross it because it's Shabbos. So there's a the mystical that these 10 tribes could, have, Hashem took them into this more mystical land that we can't quite you know get to I, you know, I don't know. I mean, so they could just be assimilated into other countries and kind of almost forgot they were Jewish, and they'll re-emerge when Mashiach comes, they'll be found. Or they could have been literally taken into a more, like, metaphysical, mystical place, and then they'll be brought back. You know, I don't know. It's very, uh, you know, pick or choose what you like.
0: What if Lilith got them?
1: Oh, that's for <laughs>
0: I mean, I think that we need to we need to have an uh the word an expedition to find yeah. her to make sure that the, those tribes are okay.
1: Now this is this is the time we got to build our, our gollum army, get our troops together, and go looking. Fight Lilith and the hordes. And
0: <laughs> That's right. The
1: time has come. See, you were waiting. The time has come.
0: Yeah, maybe Lilith wants to rejoin the fold. You don't know. Oh she, could very, you she, know. she could be very. She could be very useful. Know. You know, she you know creates know. demons. Yeah. There you go. Demons can be useful engines, I would think. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, if it's end of days, you, you want to yeah. marshal all, all, you know, you want to marshal all but, your forces. Forces. But it's very much the opposite of what, of what uh, demons are. By the way, it, they're
1: definitely not useful. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. What actually is interesting? King Solomon it said that he had control over the lower beings and the higher beings, and that he had a ring. I think. With one of the names of a Shimon, and he can control. He controlled the king of the demons, Asmodeus, I think the name was. He actually controlled it. But then, then this demon. So you don't want to mess around with demons. The demon actually like shot him way out of the palace, and he like he was a commoner for many years until he returned to the throne. So, you know, you catch the demon with the ring, and the demon, you know, kicks you out of your own palace. So it's a dangerous game playing around with the demons.
0: So you're saying the King Solomon had a ring that controlled demons.
1: I, you know, now that I said it, I I, I understand they would hear that part of it.
0: <laughs> yes, that's very Tolkien.
1: So there is a ring out there that has a Shem's name on it that can control the king of the demons. Yeah, what
0: that's a, that's a, so okay. Wait, so Osmodeus, it, was he uh, a child of Lilith or uh, you know? Well,
1: yeah, I guess there's some kind of king queen situation going on there. I don't I don't know everyone's marital status, but. <laughs>
0: So he married his mother. That's very demonic. Right? I, I don't know. I don't
1: know. I don't, I don't know what's you know some kind of relationship there. But
0: well, know. once you can grow wings and fly, I mean, what what's a little incest?
1: Or well, what well, it is interesting. I believe it's *Masekta Thagiga*, but it talks about like that angels and humans have certain qualities in common, and then demons and angels have certain qualities in common, and then demons and humans have certain qualities in common, and I believe that, that like. The demons were a lower spiritual being than the angels, so I think they actually like eat and drink and they um and they actually have children, I think. They they have physical relations and have children somehow. Yeah, shadem are our- I am going to have to wrap it up soon
0: if that's okay is that, uh, yeah I know, it, it's fine I was actually wondering how long your show normally goes because I, I didn't want to go over your normal length.
1: But, but if you enjoy it I mean we can always have a part two sometime talk about some more mystical stuff it's all up to you
0: yeah I think it was great it's just you'll have to lead because I don't know what the other mystical stuff is so but that's up <laughs> okay. but but you
1: know, the demon rings and you know we got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. no that, that that'd Lord, be great
2: Lord of the ring and Gullum I mean,
0: come on. I mean, <laughs> no, this, yeah, it's fantastic. This is this is all okay. very, yeah, it's very Norse. This is great. Um, okay. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for allowing uh, me to do this crossover. Thanks for bringing Garden of Doom into good and sweet Torah. Uh, and uh, Moshe, thanks for bringing your knowledge. You lied to us in the beginning when you said you know nothing. You know plenty. I already knew that. I was going to call you a liar early on, <laughs> but I decided to not call you a the name Lord, and let you prove yourself a liar. So there you go. <laughs>
2: The more you know, the more you realize you know very little.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's the whole purpose of my show is that I know that I know very little and I find people who can tell me, so I don't have to look for the answers myself.
1: All right, so hopefully we, this will be the first of many crossovers, a Sweet and Good Tour, doom, and Gordon Doom, and Emotion's expertise. All right, great. All right, we'll talk again soon. Guys.
0: Thank you so much.
3: Have a great
0: one. You right, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
3: Conja mia, conja mia. Chichec de mi cabeza La luna me se escorreció La mar se hizo preta Conja mía, conja mía de mi cabeza La luna me se escorreció La mar se hizo preta Miya, ci chec de mi cabeza. Una la luna me se escorció, la barca hizo preta.
2: stress wear you down? End the year feeling great at Planet Fitness with our big end of year sale. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month. Cancel anytime now through December 31st. And end the year on the right or left foot with tons of variety and space in our squeaky clean and spacious clubs. And use a crowd meter in our app to pick the best time to visit. Join for just $1 down, $10 a month.
0: Cancel anytime. In club, online, or on our app. Deal ends December 31st. Join now at your local club or online at planetfitness.com. Hurry, deal ends Friday, December 31st. See club
1: for details.